Welcome to Breakthrough with Brig, the podcast that teaches high-achieving Black women how to use thought work to break through barriers, get out of their own way, and become their best self in the most loving and sustainable way. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. podcast is sponsored by Brick Johnson Coaching. Hey, I have some exciting news for all of my high achieving women out there. That's right. I get the emails and DMs from you guys saying you wish you were my target market. I understand. We need great allies too. And we need allies with well-managed minds. Well, I've listened. So this offer is for you too, because it's a one-on-one offer. So if you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, you're a woman of color or not, or an ally. If you're tired of feeling like you can't do more, I'm here to help. My one-on-one six-month coaching program is designed specifically for you. Together, we will work on strategies to help you manage your stress and help you achieve your goals. Because women quitting on their dreams is just not an option. And this is what my six-month program can do for you. Instead of time management, we will uncover why you manage your time the way you are so that you can prioritize self-care, giving you more time to do the things you love. Are you struggling with imposter syndrome? Are you anxious with a chaotic mind? I get it. We target the root causes of imposter syndrome helping you gain the confidence and self-assurance to pursue your goals and succeed in your career and your personal life? Do you struggle with communication issues, difficulty expressing yourself effectively, or asserting your needs professionally or personally? You'll learn to cultivate a positive relationship with yourself. We'll work on the why this issue is for you, why this is happening, helping you resolve the inner conflict so that you can easily take care of the external conflict with others. When it comes to communicating your needs, you don't need another communication class on how to resolve clients' issues. Once you uncover your hidden conditioning, you will have the skills to build stronger, more productive relationship with colleagues, clients, and ultimately leading to greater success and growth in your business and personal life. Listen, if you're a high-level woman ready to cultivate more meaningful and fulfilling relationships, both with yourself and others, and you take your business and professional growth seriously and you want to take it to the next level, you and your relationship with you and your brain is your greatest asset. My coaching program is perfect for you. You don't have to continue putting others first and neglecting your own needs and desires in the process. Because remember, you are your greatest asset. Let's work together to create a life that you enjoy of connection and success. If this interests you, reach out, book a breakthrough call at brickjohnson.com forward slash breakthrough. Again, brigjohnson.com forward slash breakthrough. Look forward to talking to you. Hey guys, 
episode 161. Happy New Year. Yeah, I took a little break last week. (laughs) It was the new year and, you know, I was like, I think it'll be okay. I think it will be okay. And I know everybody has this, like, I haven't missed a episode since. But you guys know I'm kind of more of the 80, 20, 90, 10 kind of person. And I'm okay with that. So happy new year. And I'm recording this episode and you will hear it on January 8th instead of January the 1st. But that is okay. So like, how's your new year shaping up? You've got those big goals. Did you do a reset? I did my reset back. I think I did my reset in December because I usually always do my reset around my birthday time. And if you follow me, you know my birthday was December 11th because we had a podcast on that day. So I've just been like really having a great time doing like kind of being chill at the house, like real chill, just really thinking about, there was something about turning 59, y'all, that really, I was so excited about turning 50. I think I'm gonna do a podcast on this. I'm gonna take some of my friends who are close to 60 and we're gonna have a podcast on it because we're all feeling it. I haven't had a friend that wasn't, well, I have one that was like, oh, she was so excited, but I'm like, whatever. (laughs) But I don't have the same feelings at 60 or when 60 approaching as I was at 50. I was excited to be 50. I thought I was going to be grown. I was excited to be 55. 60, I'm like, what the fuck? So I just really like went in for the last couple of weeks and just like, where is this coming from? What's going on? And how can I address it? Because I don't want to spend the last 30 years of my life. My grandma lived to 95, y'all. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be 90. I'm like, yep, I'm shooting 400, but yeah. So like... I don't want to spend that time going for the next 30 years. So I was like, how can I be excited about the next 30 years or 20 years or 40 years? So that's kind of what I've been doing. What have you guys been doing? You know, I love hearing from you, right? So reach out. Let me know what's been going on. And Hey, I'm setting up my podcast for the year. If you have any topics that you want me to discuss, any coaching things that you're like, I really want to hear Briggs' advice on this, shoot me an email. Matter of fact, I would love to maybe once a month do an open coaching call where you guys stay anonymous and it could be Ask Brig Anything. And like a, like the Strawberry Letter. Did you guys read the Strawberry Letter with like Steve Harvey? I know... He was syndicated, so I'm sure he was on some other things. But like, we can do our own, like, dear Brig. <laughs> what What did you think about that? Like, do a dear Brig. I think it would be so fun, and we can do an, an anonymous coaching where we can come on with a phone call, no Zoom phone call, and I could coach you. So, hmm, just a thought. I just came up with that. Y'all, let me know what you think. Anyway. So today's episode, (laughs) after all of that, can you tell I missed you guys? I missed you. 
I want to talk about one of the things that I, I was listening to a podcast because, you know, I'm all about hybrid athletes uh, doing the ultra marathons and endurance stuff. I am just all about that. I don't know if you know that about me, but I can watch the Ironman triathlon, the ultra, the hundred mile Leadville 100s, all of it. And so I was listening to one of the coaches, running coaches, his name was Jeff Cunningham. And he said something and I was like, oh, that is so good. He said, there is a difference of being all in versus all consumed. Now, I couldn't even tell you what he said after that because my brain just went, oh my God, that is amazing. Because I think for a lot of us, we think all in is all consumed. Like our picture, like we don't want to go all in on our goals. And the reason why I'm saying this is because it's November, it's January, right? Not November, it's January. And we've got some goals and there may been, have been some that you're like, don't want to put down because you're afraid that you're not going to be all in. If that's you, I want to talk about this because all in doesn't look like all consumed, but we think it does, or it doesn't feel like all consumed. And so many of us confuse all in with all consumed. And that is not what any of us are saying when we're saying all in. I don't want you being all consumed, but I do want you being all in on your goals. So let's start with what's the difference, Brig, right? Like, because once he said it, my brain just went, oh, yes, I've got to do a podcast on it. And I went to researching and looked and like, how would I explain it and what's going on? And like, how do I resist going all in on a goal? Because I think it's all consumed. And so I did this work for me and you guys get the benefit of it. So definition of all in. First of all, all in is overall. Think about that. It is overall. So the goal is my overall being. When even if the goal is like for me, my goal for this year is to lose 40 pounds, right? So I am all in on that. But it involves overall, meaning like my goal, one of my goals for this year is to lose 40 pounds, right? So that goal goes with my overall health, not just lose 40 pounds because I could just fast for whatever or like, you know what I mean? Like it's overall, it's with everyone, everyone or everything taken into account at the same time is all in, meaning I'm taking me the parts of me that's like, uh-uh, I can't restrict. Like, I'm going to have to be able to have a cookie, yet I still want to have my popcorn and I want to lose this weight and I want to be healthy at the end of it. Like, I want muscle. I don't want to lose muscle. So it's overall, I'm taking everything into account. And if it involves my family, I'm taking them into an account. I am taking my business into account, my relationships, my friendships, my overall being into account with this goal. 
no matter how specific this goal is, I am all in it within my overall sphere. Okay. It's as opposed to all consumed, which is taking all of a person's time and attention being the only thing that that person thinks about. Like if I am all consumed with it, I don't care about, like it is the only thing I think about. I don't care about, like, I don't care about the parts of me that's going to be restricted. I don't care about, like, I take my shit with me everywhere I go. Like, I'm not thinking holistically. I don't care about my muscle mass. I'm going to do it the fastest way possible because I want it off. I am all consumed. I don't care the methodology in which I do it. I don't care the results of it. I don't care that that methodology may or may not work long-term for me. I just want this goal all-consuming, right? If it's a goal like a money goal or a business goal, it's like, I don't care the results, like how I get there. I don't care how it's affected my family. I don't care how it's affected me emotionally, how I'm showing up. I don't care because I am all consumed on it. It is all I think about. It takes all of my time. Even if I'm doing other things, because it's taking all of my attention. And this is the key difference. All in, overall, meaning I there are parts of me reserved for other things, but yet I am all in on the go. It doesn't take all of my attention. And I'll explain why, how we can be all in on a goal and do this, but it doesn't take all of my attention because all consumed and all in has nothing to do with the amount of work we're doing, the amount of things we're doing, the amount of a part that we are apart from our family or anything. All of those things can be exactly the same and one person can be all in and another person could be all consumed because it has everything to do with your attention right? What is it that you are thinking about? Are you in that moment still thinking about what didn't happen? What should have happened? How can I do it? Or are you in that moment with your baby girl playing go fish, right? Or while you're there, are you not even there because you are all consumed, okay? It completely fills your mind and attention. It is obsessive, right? It's to have so much feeling that it affects everything you do. And one of the things I think is relevant to this is that I think all consumed, there may not be a separation between your personal value and the goal value, and you are confusing the two. If you follow me long enough, you know I'll say me and Beyonce has the same value as humans. Like our value is the same. Like Beyonce... Worthy, I'm worthy. Like we are equal, right? But her business value is completely separate and different than my business value. But my value as a person is the same. But when we're robbing our business value, trying to make up for our personal value because we didn't do the work to believe that we are valuable. And so we're using our business value or our goal value, whatever that goal is, lose the weight, 
get the house, pay off the debt, whatever that goal value is, if we are using that to substitute or support our personal value because we haven't done our work in that, that's when it becomes all consumed because it is a matter of worthiness, right? It is a matter of feeling good about ourselves because we don't feel good about ourselves without that added support. Like we're borrowing from our goal value because we haven't done the work on our personal value, right? That's just a little tidbit that I have on this. But as I said, many of us don't want to go all in on a goal because we are confusing all in with all consumed. And we don't want to do that. We don't want it to look like that. So I want to use this way of describing it. And I want to use, of course, running. You know, I'm a sports person, so I'm always going to use some kind of way of sports because I'm always like progressive overloading either in my running or in my weights or whatever. So if I was a runner and I wanted to run a marathon, which I'm planning to do in April, I am running a marathon in April. Yes, I am a half marathon. I'm going to Brooklyn. I'm going to run in Brooklyn And I am so excited because Brooklyn is the city that I was born in. So that was one of the things that I was like, you're not excited about this 60th. So how can we create a breadcrumb trail for you to support yourself and celebrate yourself? So one of them is running a half marathon in the city I was born in on my 60th year. Now, I'm celebrating this whole year. Yes, I don't start. I don't get to 60 till December, but from January all all the way to December, I am celebrating this year of 60. (laughs) And I may celebrate the whole year of 62. So it may be a two-year celebration. So whatever. But if I ran constantly, If I ran constantly every day for as long as I could, right? Like constant versus consistent. If I ran consistently, that's kind of the difference between all in and all consumed. All consumed would be constant. If I just went out every day and I'm like, I'm just going to run, I'm going to run as long as I can. And I'm just going to run until I can't, until I just fall out every single day because I was constant about it. I would actually break myself down. I would increase my risk of injury and I would increase my chances of getting hurt and not doing the marathon because I was all consumed in it. Like I didn't use any strategy. I didn't take other things into account, like nutrition, sleep, like I over-exercised, meaning I didn't look at my HRV, I didn't look at my resting heart rate, I didn't look at my temperatures to see I was over-training. I I ignored all of that and I just stayed constant, consumed. I just ran as long as I could every day which could be two hours, three hours. Like I just kept going. And when I couldn't run no more, I would walk. And that was my training method, right? Constant. Or if I had a consistent overall plan that took my current fitness level into account because it's overall, it's looking at everything, where I am and where I want to go. 
and it adjusted it accordingly, taking over the big picture. And if I ran and showed up according to a schedule that benefited me, which means sometimes I would do short runs. Sometimes I would do recovery runs. Sometimes I would do speed runs. Sometimes I would do long runs that are graduated in effort. Sometimes I would do negative split long runs, right? For those of you who don't know what that is, that is like I come back faster. Like if it's a 10 mile, I do the last five miles faster than I did the first mile, which teaches me to finish strong, right? To conserve my energy because we usually go out strong and then we have nothing gas at the end. So I'm taking that into account. So I'm being very strategic. I'm all in on my training. I'm thinking of different ways of how I show up. So if that's my place, I'm going to train for negative splits so that I know I know how to conserve my energy so that I finish strong. So there's enough for the finish line, right? I'm taking my eating into account, meaning like, I'm going to use gel at mile two and well, not mile two. Nobody uses gel at mile two. Maybe you do, but maybe, but like five, I'm going to use gel at mile five and mile eight. And I'm going to have water at this aid station. And then I'm going to have Gatorade at another aid station. Like I'm very strategic because I know I need water, but I don't want to drink too much water because then I'm going to, I'm sweating and I'm going to dehydrate. So I need to replace it with electrolytes. So I'm going to have the Gatorade, but too much Gatorade makes me have gastric distress. So I'm going to alter it with water. Okay. So that's being consistent. That is figuring out how I am, where my needs are and creating a program that helps me with that. It takes into my sleep. It takes my nutrition in. It takes me running my running shoes. I need to change my running shoes on a mile, a hundred, like All of those things, it takes everything into an account. It is all in. I am thinking about everything. It is very strategic. All consuming would be, I just go out there and run. I don't have a plan. I just, only thing I know is I'm running. So I'm just going to run as long as I can. And when I can't run no more, I'm going to walk. And I, that is what I'm going to do. And if you train like that, I promise you, those are the ones who usually hurt themselves because they don't even start at two miles. They may start at seven miles and haven't ran before. Like, and so no consideration for where they are right now. So on this one, My overall health would improve because I was all in, all in overall me. I want my friends there to support me so I can't treat them like shit all during my training, right? Because I want them there because that is going to lead to the experience of me doing this race. So if I want my friends there, then I can't treat them like shit. I can't be all consumed that it's all about me in this race and I can't think of anybody else, right? Like, I need to like, hey girl, how you doing? I just got finished with my run. Like like when they call me, because it is scheduled into my overall life, this goal is, and I have taken everything into account, that means I still have time to honor my friendships, honor my family, everything, because I am a whole person, right? Okay, so all in is committed, 
balanced, dedicated, maintaining a holistic approach to life while pursuing your goals. It is research. It's about being strategic. It's big picture thinking, but breaking it up into smaller parts. One of my goals for this year is to end up with a VO2 max of around 37 to 39. Right now, my VO2 max is about 30, 31, which is fair. But I'm like, if your VO2 max decreases as you age, and I still can go out there and run and challenge it, I want to bring my VO2 max to the highest that I can because it is one of the leading indicators for life expectancy. And so one of the things I'm doing is I'm doing speed runs, but I'm doing speed runs also to take care of, like, I want my VO2 max to increase. I know for me, because my history shows me, once I start doing speed runs, my VO2 max starts quickly going up 33, 34. I don't think I've ever gotten it past 35 since I've been measuring it and looking at it. So for me, it's like, I want to get it to like 37 this year. So that's going to be a strategic, like, there are going to be small parts to the bigger part. The bigger part is I want to enjoy my older age. The bigger part is I want to have enough muscle. I want to have veal. I want to have those indicators that shows me that I am going to increase my health span because my history tells me if I look genetically, I have the propensity to have a long lifespan. But what I want is a overall health span. So therefore, the marathon, me celebrating 60, the marathon preparation, all of that goes into, I can't break myself down, drop all my muscle mass training for a marathon and then have those goals. They all have to be together intertwined together. That is all in. It's big picture thinking with breaking everything up into smaller parts, right? So one of the things you could do if you have a goal is to give yourself milestones. Like what I just did is like, I know I want to live healthy as I grow older. I want to increase my health span. My milestones, first thing I want to do is my VO2 max right now is like at 31. First thing I want to do is get it to 32. So that's going to be a quick milestone for me, right? And I want to have clarity about what it is I really want. Like I've thought about this. Like I, you guys are laughing at me when I say I want to run in the, I think it's the 60-yard dash. They don't do a 100-yard dash. It's a 60-yard dash. At 90, I want to run in that Olympic. I literally want to do that. I may not be fast now, but I'm like, by the time I get 90, I got 30 years to work on this big picture, right? And I have the clarity of it, but I want to have closeness with my kids and my grandkids. I want to have money that I can take care of them and not be a burden. Like everything is intertwined. That's why I can be all in on my goals because they all go towards whatever that bigger goal is. It's a holistic view, right? So if you're like, all consumed in it and like 
you're just going for it. Maybe you just don't have the clarity. Maybe we haven't brought it out into smaller parts. Maybe it's like you haven't looked at the bigger picture. Like, why am I really doing this? And how is it going to add to the value of my life? That's when, and it's like, and then what do I want that life to look like, right? At the end, it's like, is your bigger picture spot on with your life purpose? You know, that deathbed stuff, you know, they talk about like, nobody said I wanted such and such on their deathbed. Like, how is it? What do I want to experience my life? How do I want to experience it? So the other thing I think besides the milestones and getting complete clarity and breaking it up into milestones and like really researching it and looking at it, whatever your goal is, it's like, oh, I want this. And like, what are some other things? Like, not just I want to lose 40 pounds, but what are the parameters around it? Like, why and why? Like for me is I want to lose 40 pounds, but I want my VO2 max to go up. Well, I know my VO2 max will go up if I'm 40 pounds lighter because I will be able to challenge myself heavier and more because I won't be as heavy, right? So it's those kind of things. Like what are the other things? So the other thing is, is, do you believe that the goal will happen? Because sometimes we are all consumed, but we're all consumed because we actually don't believe that it will happen. And that bothers us. So we like we're uncomfortable with that and we're not sure. So because we're not sure and we're not sure that it's going to happen. So we go about going on and trying to make it happen quickly so that we can get out of that discomfort, right? But again, if your goal value is separate from your personal value and your personal value cup is filled, it doesn't need to borrow from your goal value in order to feel worthy, right? So sometimes it's because of that again. So do you believe it's going to happen? And if it doesn't happen, I know we don't like to say this, it goes because we're, we're supposed to always believe it's going to happen. I get that. But if it doesn't happen, will you be okay? Right? That's the thing. Like, if it doesn't happen, are you going to be okay? Like, on my episode, Going From Good to Good, Gooder, I literally, once I decided to leave anesthesia and do life coaching, and I was like, if life coaching, if I fall flat on my face and it doesn't work, will I be okay? And my answer was yes, because I at least tried. I at least gave myself the opportunity. And so because of that, I was okay. So there wasn't this urgency of like, I can't fail. Like, so now if I can't fail and I don't think I'm going to be okay, then I'm always looking to see that it's not going to fail. And so therefore my attention is always on it. And that's what not believing robs you of. Not believing fully robs you of the attention that you can have for other areas of your life because all your attention is on whether or not answering that one question, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? And all of our attention is going to looking at that, right? And so don't let disbelief 
rob you of your attention in your life. Those moments when you're watching TV with your family, those moments when you're playing cards with your grandkids, those moments when you're walking your dogs, those moments when you're with friends, don't let disbelief rob you of your attention that you can't be there because then you are all consumed, right? Remember, consumption, being all in and all consumed has nothing to do with the amount of time that we're working. It is the attention, right? I talked about some of the reasons already that we get all consumed. One of them is we don't believe and we don't have the bigger picture. So we don't understand what's going on. But another thing I want to really talk about, especially for us as women of women of color and black women specifically, listen, if the goal is a safety issue, our support, Survival instinct will run supreme. It will always trump. It will always win. So if the goal is I need to put food on my table because I am going to be homeless, right? Survival instinct comes in and yes, you may be all consumed because it is priority number one. I think at that moment, Like you get to understand that like, no, I am all like, no, I am all consumed and that is okay. It is a survival instinct. The only thing you get to do is to question the lower brain because a lot of times it will make it a survival issue when it really isn't. Like I'm going to be homeless. Are you going to be homeless? You mean to tell me that if you lose your house, okay, you won't have a house, but you mean to tell me you can't get an apartment? No, I can't get an apartment. Okay. So you mean you can't move in with a friend or like you're, it's like, I'm going to be homeless. And only thing you see is cardboard box. So if it's going from there, of course you will be all consumed, but sometimes it's the languaging of the lower brain and we get to question it and help it so that we're not all consumed. Yes, it could be a serious matter, but it doesn't require total consumption, right? The other thing that we may go with all consumed is if it doesn't work, all that work was for nothing. So therefore, it's like it's kind of like a back end of I don't believe it's going to happen, but it's like I want to justify the amount of work, the amount of money that I was doing into the goal. So if it doesn't work, all of that was for nothing, right? And so that feels like shit, like I just wasted 20 years of my life going for this goal and it never happened. And so the thing is, it was nothing. It was a waste. But I would question, is it a waste? Is it nothing? Is it worth going for your dreams regardless of the outcome? That's a good question. I really want you to answer that. Ask yourself that. Is my dream? My dream important enough for me that I give myself the opportunity to go for it regardless of the outcome. Because when we're talking about self-love, all this self-love and bubble baths and yada, yada, and I'm getting a journal and all of this, that's true self-love. That you love yourself enough to go for your dream over and over and over again because you're giving yourself the opportunity to feel and to 
elevate to that level that you dream of, regardless of if it happens or not, and not consider that a waste. That's the key. And not consider that a waste. Listen, queens, your dream is important. Regardless if you reach it or not, your ability to go for it. Like we get the, like you, I'm so sick of watching Cowboys when like the man gets to go off with the dog and like go off alone into the wild blue yonder and follow his heart and go like the last Mohicans when Tristan went off and like fought the bear and everything. Oh my God, he gets to go do that. We get to go do that shit too. You get to go follow your dreams and it don't have to make sense to nobody. And you don't have to apologize because we don't have to be rational, right? Now within reason, right? But so many of us like question whether or not it is even okay for us to dream, to be all in on our dream because whether or not we're making progress is the thing that determines whether or not we should continue and whether or not we give ourselves permission. And I want to say that that actually isn't true. Because guess what? Guess when you're finished with pursuing the dream? When you've created it. That's it. That's when you know you finished. And it may mean that you your all in may be two hours a week. Or your all-in may be different at different times. Because remember, all-in takes in the whole thing, right? But your all-in is valid and you get to give yourself permission to be all-in. I don't care what the results are. Okay, that was a true side note. That could be its own podcast right there, but I felt that one. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so many of us question like it was a waste of time. I don't like it when we think relationships was a waste of time. Going to school was a waste of time. Getting a degree was a waste of time. Working at that job was a waste of time. Going for this goal was a waste of time. Buying that course was a waste of time. I think there is learning in everything. And whenever we're doing that, we have the tendency to want to like make up for it. So we got to be all consumed and all consumed is completely different than all in. Now, how do you know when you're all consumed, Brig? Because like you like you, I've got your attention, right? So how do I know when I'm all consumed? Well, the question is this, to the outsider, you may look like you all consumed. Like they could probably easily think, oh, she is all consumed. I can tell you when I went to anesthesia school, I shut down pretty much everything. I didn't talk to, but two or three people for those two and a half years. Cause I just didn't have the emotional capacity, the space or anything. I shut everything down. But let me tell you what else I did. I picked up my kids every day at 4.30. And from 4.30 to 8.30, I was mom. My kids were two, four, and six. And when I finished, they were eight, six, and four. I was mom from 4.30 to 8.30. 
I don't care what I did the rest of the day. If I had school that day, I was in school. If I didn't have school, I literally studied from the time I dropped them off at 7.30 till I picked them up at 4.30, right? But from 4.30 to 8.30, my kids were important to me. In the overall picture, I was all in on going to anesthesia school and I was all in on being the best mom I can be. And I was all in on me, meaning from 4.30 to 8.30, I was mom, helping with homework, doing baths, cooking dinner, what you want, all of that stuff. At 8.30, their asses went to bed. But guess what I did? I went to bed too. Because I was all in on me. I was all in on the overall thing. Like I took my ass to bed too. That's probably why I start, I literally start yawning at nine o'clock. My bedtime has been nine o'clock for so long, y'all. <laughs> but I went to bed at 8.30 because I realized I could study from 8.30 to 11. But what I would comprehend in that three hours, I could do that in one hour if I went to sleep or maybe even 30 minutes. So I would go to bed at 8.32 with my kids. And then every day I would wake up at three. Now here's the all in part. I took me and my health into effect. I took my kids into effect. I could have easily said, no, I'm studying from 4.30, 8.30 and hired the babysitter. No, I took all of that to effect and I was strategic. I went to bed at 8.30 and I woke up at three. I woke up at three and I studied from three until six, 6.15, got my kids up, got their breakfast and we were out the door at 7.15. That was my thing. Now, I didn't socialize much at all, but I did have a standing babysitting appointment with a babysitter. She came over to my house every day at 7 p.m. And I would use that time no matter what was going on. I didn't care if I had a test, if I had a final, if whatever. I used that time and I left my house at seven o'clock. I got to the dance studio and I would do this thing called swing out dance step for the Chicago people like the South. We have swing out. I would swing out from about 745 to 915 between nine o'clock and 915 on the dot. My ass was leaving peace out. I didn't say goodbye to nobody. I just turned around, left, drove home and I was in bed by 10 o'clock and that was late for me. I was very structured during that time too. I washed on certain days. I washed my car on certain days. I folded on certain days. Sometimes you would come to my house and there would be, my whole couch would be filled with nothing but clothes. And it may stay there for three, four days because it wasn't time to fold or I missed the fold day because I was studying for an exam and that fold day didn't come again, again, till another day. To the outside world, I was probably all consumed. Because I literally could study for 12 hours, right? But overall, I knew exactly why I was doing it. I knew why I was doing it because I didn't want to have to beg my ex when I wanted to parent differently than he did. I knew that would be a bone of contention for the next 18 years or 14 years of their lives. And I didn't want to have to deal with that, nor did I want them to have to deal with that. And I didn't want to have to go ask for permission. So I knew I needed to make more money in order to support myself and my kids in the way that I wanted to do it. So that was the overall goal. So I took care of all of that. I was like, yes, 
So it might have looked like it was slanted to one way, but I took also into account my kids were important to me. And those other things, some of those things, I had two friends that I talked to, everybody else. I didn't talk too much. Like people were like, I didn't see you for three years. I was like, yeah, girl, I was in school, right? And so that was all in. Was it all consumed? Some people may have looked at that and said that that was all consumed. So my answer to your question is, there is no formula. There's no amount of time. There's no amount of activities. All consume is you are obsessed. You are out of balance and you are sacrificing all other areas of your life for the sake of the goal. I wasn't sacrificing my kids. Now, did my kids go from a mom who was working to a mom who was struggling? Yes, but I was doing it for the kids and they had me from 4.30 to 8.30 every day come hella high water unless I had a test that day and then a babysitter was there, (laughs) right? But no one can tell you whether or not you are consumed. Is your, when you're with your kids, are you with your kids? Do you have stop breaks? Do you have breaks in your brain where it's like, okay, close. And we're going to pick that up at our next time. Right now, I'm going to be here in this moment a practice of mindfulness. Do you have clear boundaries? Like I had clear boundaries. I'm mama right now, right? I wasn't hanging out when the people in anesthesia school would have parties and everything. I'm like, nope, I got to go home. I got to be mama. I'm mama right now, right? Are there safety measures in place to take care of yourself? For me, I knew I was dragging. So I had to go to bed at 8.30. I didn't mind waking up at three because I got at least halfway decent sleep. So I can wake up at three and take care of what I needed to take care of. Now, I didn't go to bed at 8.30 and wake up at six because the goal was still, I was all in on the goal, right? So those things mattered. Most were taken care of. So the biggest question is, is your brain obsessing constantly, causing you to not do anything, not take any action, and yet you are still not all in. You are just all consumed because so many of us are not doing much, but we're in our brain because it is getting our attention, right? We are thinking about it all the time. And what I want to say is, Calendar that shit out, set up some boundaries, set some times that this is when I work, this is when I not work, set some off times and then put those times in place for priorities, right? If you were like me and I'm kind of a rebel, I don't like having a set time block, this, this, this. I kind of learned this one from my running. From my running, when I'm training for a marathon, I may look at that week and I'll know that I have a three-mile run, two three-mile runs, a four-mile run, and then my long run may be a six or seven-mile run. So I don't put what day I'm going to do what, like the schedule is. I just know in that week, I've got to take care of those things. And so I kind of run my business the same way. In that week, I know I've got to take care of these things, right? But those things are taken care of. So if you're not a calendar or a time blocker or a Monday hour wonder or whatever, if you do have neurodivergency and like 
a set schedule doesn't work for you, you can find a schedule that you can still be strategic and be all in on your goals and you and everything else without having to be all consuming. The other thing I will suggest is episode 37 uses worry windows. I won't go back, go into what they are now, but just review episode 37. When you're worried, when you're stressed, when you're whatever, set a worry window for when it's like, not, I can't worry about it because I think as black women, we aren't, we are going to, but set up worry windows. Another thing I want to talk about is work on your belief. If your belief is faltering and you're like, I'm being all consumed because I'm really trying to figure out if this is going to work or not. And I'm trying to answer this question because I haven't said that it is going to work. And if I said it's going to work and it's not, and if it doesn't, I've wasted time or I'm not going to be okay. I think we need to coach through those things, self-coach yourself, journal on those things, work on your belief. And also work on your expectancy of the belief because believing it is a good thing and believing you're the person that is going to happen for that can do it is two completely different things. Okay. Work on your expectancy too. Those two variables are very important and those are included in what I give my clients and I call it a daily diagnostic, which is just a tool I offer my clients to teach them so that they know exactly where they are in their belief process, in their goal process. And we use this tool. It has six different variables, but we use this tool so that they know exactly where to coach themselves, where they are. It's kind of a self-monitoring early detection system because they can get up in the morning and in 10 minutes go, oh yeah, I can see where I'm at and this is what I'm doing. One of the two of the things is, our belief in our expectancy. So if you want more information about working with me, of course, go to uh, the website and you can sign up for a a breakthrough consultation on that at brickjohnson.com. But the results of being all in could be completely different than all consumed as it relates to our friendships, our families, our significant others. And if we don't get this balance right, we're going to have some pissed off family members and friends and kids and significant others. And we're wondering why they're not supporting us. Or if we don't get this right and we're all our, our, remember, consumption is the main thing is attention. All of our attention is going towards something else, then that B word, burnout, is fast approaching, right? All in involves strategic planning and a sustainable approach, whereas being all consumed often leads to burnout, neglect of personal well-being, and the impact on personal and professional life. Is my personal life suffering? Is my personal well-being suffering? And the answer could be yes, dot, dot, dot. Because for me, anesthesia school, my well-being was like I was stressed to the max. 
but I was also being challenged to the max and rising to it. And I was building such belief in myself also. And I was also doing measures, taking specific things to protect my well-being, like my weekly swing out class. Like I still maintain runs. I would leave the university and go to the gym when we were there and go run on a treadmill for three or four miles and then come back and study some more. So I protected my well-being, even though, was it stretched? Yes, of course it is. That's what big goals do, right? But I was also living my dream and I knew the bigger picture. I knew it would, like, I didn't want to have the life of having to ask for help. But I also saw progress. It was measurable. I hit my milestones. You're like, and it's easy for school because you're like, take, take a test, pass the test, take the test, pass the test, give, do this thing, pass this procedure, learn how to intubate, learn how to put in a central line, learn how to put in an A line. Like you can see the milestones, but the road to entrepreneurship or big business it doesn't necessarily have a full roadmap and the roadmap can fall apart at any moment. So that's why I think it's important for us to have safety measures and stop gaps in place. If this happens, then I'm going to do this. This is my safety measure. Once a week, I am going to do this. I'm going to call such and such, at least da-da-da-da-da. If it gets to this point, I am going to do this. Remember, when we're all in, we are strategic. Strategic means I am looking at the whole picture. I am planning for the pitfalls. I am planning for the times when I am not showing up at my best and seeing how I can help myself and others with that. Okay, so all in, committed. Focus, a balanced approach to achieving your goals. All consumed, obsession, imbalance, potential neglect of other areas of your life without awareness. Because potential neglect is one thing. It could be purposeful. Like I totally neglected some relationships on purpose because I didn't have the capacity, but I didn't neglect friendships for myself. I nurtured the ones that I needed and everything else went apart until I had more capacity, right? So it may sound harsh, but it's actually the best and most loving thing that I can do for them and for me, because if I was with them, my attention wasn't going to be with them anyway, right? The difference in approach and mindset is critical. So I know this, this was a long one. I don't even want to look to see how long I've been recording, but I had a lot to say on this one because I think for us, we confuse what all in is and I don't want to go all in or we go all in and then make it all consumption. And it is not the way to go all in is to be strategic, is to be all in and guard yourself against being all consumed, all consumed, not sustainable. You will quit. It won't be fun. You will get there and wonder what the fuck you're doing because you won't have the relationships to support it. You won't have the relationship with yourself to support it and you will be miserable. All in, all in is the relationships may be, they may be stretched, but the cords aren't broke 
and you can easily go in now that you have more time and repair, spend more time. And the people usually who support you know exactly what you're doing. So it is a collective. Remember, overall, it is a collective effort. Your friends even know what you're doing. So I think all in is very different than all consumed. So while you're reaching your goals, while you're doing this, pay attention to whether or not I'm being all in or all consumed. I hope this helped you. If you have any other tidbits, you know I love getting emails from you guys. Just reach out, brig at brigjohnson.com. And if you want support so that you're not all consumed because shit is life is life in, that is my specialty. And I would love to support you in this because this is my specialty, helping you show up for yourself for your big goals so that you can catch them like that daily diagnostic so that you can catch things ahead of time. You'll know where you are and you can get redirected. All right. Love you guys. It was a long one, but hey, I didn't do it last week, so it's okay. <laughs> you got a twofer today. All right. Bye-bye. Did you enjoy this podcast where I have a personal invitation I want to spend time with you, coach you, talk about the issues that are affecting you. We do this in a community we call the Melanin Hour, created just for us high-achieving Black women. You can register at brickjohnson.com forward slash coaching. And don't forget, Deeply Rooted is where we put all this shit together. We immerse ourselves and we master this. Six months, you, me, and a bunch of women that look like you and got a little melanin in them. <laughs> That's deeply rooted. You can register for the wait list at brickjohnson.com forward slash group. Hope to see you there. Bye.